Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. Every weekend, Chris, we're here, we're doing life together, and as always, we're glad to have everyone join us. Dr. Linda, something you may not know about me. Well, there's a lot I probably don't know about you, and <laughs> we'll probably want to keep it that way. <laughs> yeah, let's keep it that way for sure, but I love love stories. You do? As a matter of fact, Nicholas Sparks. Oh, okay. The Notebook. The Notebook. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Did Great you read movie. the books? Didn't actually read the book, okay. but I've seen the movie, and uh, there was another movie of his that I saw that, you know, the girls are weeping messes but i'm sitting there saying this is a great story i like i like this you like love stories mm, yeah. well, i'm really surprised about that i do like romantic movies myself mm-hmm. and i like the romantic comedies especially oh, i see so i think of the classics um now this isn't a romantic comedy but the classic romantic movies gone with the wind mm. weathering heights which was one of my favorite movies growing up, and then I watched it as a, a later adult, mm. and I thought, wow, that's a depressing movie. <laughs> and it's really kind of psychotic when you think right, about right. it in terms of the story, but my favorite of all time was Romeo and Juliet. I actually memorized most mm-hmm. of that play when I was in ninth grade. Oh, wow. And then, you know, there was the movie Ghost. That This is kind of kind of date me. Do you remember oh, Ghost? Yeah. See, that's it, it made the women just fall apart. I remember watching my mom watch that movie, and she was a mess. Really? Yeah, we were and, all crying. And I thought, what a great film. What about Last of the Mohicans? That was way too long. Oh, that, oh that it's one of my husband's favorites. That movie's favorites. about seven hours long. And <laughs> now, here's an oldie goldie when Harry met Sally. Did yeah. you ever see it? No, never did see it's, that. It's a classic in terms mm-hmm. of a romantic comedy. But I think being in love is obviously just a wonderful thing. We see it all the time, right? Um, we don't just not see it in the movies, but right, we see yeah. it among our friends and young adults and even those in the elderly years mm. can have a wonderful romance. And when we're in love, Chris, we know we're in love, right? Oh, yeah. Mm. But what about being in hate? The opposite of being in love that we're going to talk about. Haven't considered that one much. I know. So this Hmm. is going to be an interesting show because when you think about what's going on in our culture today with so much hate being expressed, we're going to take a look at what happens to you if you are walking in hate instead of in love. Well, a number of years ago, uh, the Beatles declared, all you need is love. But today, like you said, the world is filled with so many people who hate. And there's a saying that there's a thin line between love and hate. Well, isn't it true that both love and hate make us act irrationally? It's true that there's this intensity of emotion that is similar with both love and hate. And both of them involve a lot of strong feelings. Obviously, we'd rather be with people who love than hate because of the way those feelings are expressed. But there's a real distinct difference. And I, I just found this fascinating when I was looking at the neuroscience of this. So in love, the parts of the brain that are involved in judgment and reason are deactivated. Mm. So, you know, think about somebody you know who's in love. You're kind of thinking, man, they're not making any sense. How could she hang out with him? (laughs) And they're like, they're like all, you know, they don't think about the consequences because they're feeling this incredible love, right? Mm -hmm. So this is why we joke about people in love not using good judgment. Mm. It's because this love is kind of clouding their judgment. But here's what is interesting about hate. When somebody is in hate, it actually heightens their judgment And it transforms their brain and activates the parts of the brain associated with aggression. And there are these motor regions in the brain that move you then towards aggression and into action. So when someone feels hate, they are actually more prone to do something 
with that hate. So they think about it. They ruminate on it. Mm -hmm. They use logic. Chris, they use planning. They often calculate moves to harm other people, injure them. Um, and we're seeing this in the news. Right. We kind of see what this movement of hate is doing to people. So this, to me, is one of the reasons why being in hate is so dangerous. It's not just this benign thing. You know, Dr. Linda, I'm from West Virginia, and the state's famous for this late 1800s dispute that they say began from a pig. I think it goes a little further than that. But the dispute became a bloody feud between, of course, the Hatfields and the McCoy families. And the hate that these two families developed for each other over a disagreement led to death. You think way back in the 1800s what you're talking about, mm -hmm. and people were killing each other over hate. Yeah. What's sad, Chris, do you think a lot has changed? I mean, we just see all these hate crimes. We see violence. We see hate around political things. That's just almost... I don't know. It's like nothing I've ever seen. Mm. It's like people are out of control with hate when it comes to tolerating other people, when it comes to dealing with differences. Right. And sadly, again, I just think our our politics are becoming just hate-driven. I remember the Matthew Shepard, when Matthew Shepard, the gay student at University of Wyoming, was beaten, tortured, and, and then he yeah. was left to die. And it was October of 1998 by two men who tied him to a fence where he wasn't found until the next day. Mm. Uh, he, he died five days later from severe head injuries, and his assailants received uh, life in prison without parole. I know. That was a horrible, horrible case right. of uh, one of those hate crimes. And so there's so many stories like that one. And we could we could spend a whole show just going through all the bad news. Of course, we'd really it would really be depressing for mm, us to do that. Right. But it really saddens me. So what we want to do today is we want to understand hate better. We want to look at what drives it how it impacts people, but most of all, we want to take a biblical look at hate in order to protect our lives from this powerful but destructive emotion. You know, I was thinking that a, another important difference between love and hate is that romantic love is directed to one person, whereas hate can be directed to lots of individuals or even groups of people, uh, like we saw the Nazis and other hate groups do. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. It's easier to organize that hate today, too, if we think mm -hmm. about it, because of the communication technology and social media that we have. So hateful words and pictures can easily be put on that social media, and it can be disseminated far and wide in the world. This is part of what we're talking about with these Islamic extremists, mm -hmm. how they're getting recruited Modern media just seems to promote a lot of hate. And this here's a disturbing statistic I found. Since the year 2000, the number of organized hate groups in the United States has grown by more than 50 percent. Wow. According, this is according to the Southern Poverty Law Center. Well, you know, they always say you don't talk about politics at dinner. Yeah. Well, now with social media... <laughs> Everyone has a, a megaphone yeah. talking about their politics, and everything has become so polarized. The emotion of hate has been around for a long time. It dates back to, I mean, the book of Genesis. Uh, Cain hated his brother, and obviously that didn't end well at all. There's a lot of stories in the Bible about Haman. If we think about mm -hmm. the story of Haman and Esther, if we think about Absalom, and when he got so filled with hate because his sister was raped, remember that story? And right. he just seethed with that hate for a couple of years, and then it, and he ended up killing his brother. So one of the scary things about hate is that it's a cancer, and it eats up the soul. And that is not good because it is also mind-altering. When we, when we think about hate and we allow ourselves to get into the emotion of hate, we're not rational. We are rational at times in terms of that aggression I talked about, but we're certainly uh, not going to be acting in a good way. 
Wow, interesting topic today, discussing the destructive force of living with hate. We need to take a short break, but stay with us as we continue our discussion about what it means to be in hate and why people hate and how hate affects us and our walk with God. We'll be right back. Conflict is a part of every healthy relationship. How you deal with conflict is what will either grow or destroy relationships. Do you avoid? Maybe you become highly emotional and then regret what you said or did. Getting control of our emotions is not always easy, but it is possible. Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel, and I wrote the book, We Need to Talk, in order to help all of us deal better with conflict. We Need to Talk, available at bookstores and online where books are sold. The other day I was cut off the road by a driver. Everything in me wanted to yell, hey, watch out. But I restrained myself knowing that yelling at the driver would not do so much good. And it wasn't the best way to deal with my anger. Anger easily rises up in most of us. Anger, while a natural emotion, needs to be dealt with in the right way. The Bible tells us, be angry but do not sin. So what is the biblical way to handle anger? This is a question I answer in my short and easy book to read, Breaking Free from Anger and Unforgiveness. That small book has sold over 130,000 copies because of how practical and helpful it is to everyday living. So if you want to be angry but not sin, practice what Scripture teaches. Breaking Free from Anger and Unforgiveness is available on my website, drlindamintel.com, and online where books are sold. You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. You can follow Dr. Linda on Twitter at Dr. Linda Helps and on Facebook at Dr. Linda Mental, author and speaker, and read more of her blogs on her website, drlindamental.com. An easy way to stay up with her blogs is to join her Twitter account, and you can see the tweet each time she posts a new one. Dr. Linda, let's continue our conversation about why people hate and the effects of hate in a person's life. Is there ever a time when hate is positive? Well, certainly the Bible talks about hating evil. I mean, if we look at Psalm 9710, it says, let those who love the Lord hate evil. But other than directing hate to evil, I I don't see anything in here about ever directing it to another person. In fact, later we're going to talk about why that's a problem. I really can't think of any positive benefit to hate unless you're directing it towards that evil. In fact, Chris, the negatives are so harmful to a person. That's why we'll see in a little bit that the Bible is so direct about how we're to address hate in our lives. You know, I heard of a man who hated his father so much and he thought he would be happy when his father died, but it turns out he was miserable when it actually happened. And all that hate he held in his heart no longer had a target. And he felt empty when his dad died. Why do we hate? Well, I I like that story because it does point to one of the reasons why we do hate. That man was trying to fill a void in his heart, I think, with that hate that he was feeling. And when we're in pain, sometimes we're in pain from an abusive childhood Mm. or terrible treatment from a bully, or maybe we're the recipient of shame or humiliation. What happens, Chris, is that hate can distract us from an inner pain that we're feeling, and then it makes us feel more powerful. So there's a hate researcher who put it this way. Acts of hate are attempts to distract oneself from feelings such as helplessness, powerlessness, injustice, inadequacy, and shame. 
He says hate is grounded in some sense of a perceived threat that you're having. Mm. Wow. So if a person feels hurt and wounded from being abused or shamed and keeps it inside, then he or she can turn that hate to fill the void of acceptance and love. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly mm. it. And this is often, there, there is often a motive behind people hurting others. You know, they've had internal pain that they didn't deal with in appropriate ways, and then they begin to fill their hearts with hate instead, and then they direct it to other people. What about when people feel afraid of other people? Does that breed hate as well? It can if we fear things that are different from ourselves. So there's a behavioral researcher named Patrick Wanis, and this is what he says. He says, hate is driven by two key emotions of love and aggression. So the emotion of love is directed to the in-group. So the group that you're with, that you favor, that thinks like you is the same as you. And then the emotion of aggression or hate is directed to the out-group, the group that's different from you or opposes your thoughts or ideas. And then you see that these people as dangerous and they're a threat somehow to your little in-group that you have. Mm. And I think if we think about this, Chris, we see this all the time in politics and on college campuses. So a group of students decides who's in. Think about when we were dealing with the end of the year and the commencement speeches. Right. So who's in and who can speak at commencement and then who's out. And when they brought someone in that they didn't like, they were directing all this hate to that person because they fear that this person is different from them. This is so dangerous in terms of free speech and learning to, to listen to diverse opinions and thoughts. You know, we can disagree, but don't start to hate people who are not like you. We should be concerned, really, that there's so much public discourse these days that's focused on hating people and feeling contempt. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it in terms of the president these right. days. Mm. That's really where you see this coming to a head. Sometimes we hate because, and this is tough, we see things in others that remind us of the things that are in ourselves that we don't like. Yeah, that that is. In psychology, we call that projection. Mm. It's, a, it's a type of defense mechanism that a lot of times we use, what we're doing is we're projecting the badness that we feel in our own lives, like you said, onto someone else, and then we attack them. And this really does lead to hate and judging other people. And it's complicated. It like is. You have to keep a lot of scores to, uh, to make that work. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's really a lack of self-awareness when you mm. think about it, because if you're not aware that this is what's going on in you and you're just throwing it at somebody else, it really isn't a good sign of your what we call emotional intelligence either. What happens when someone finds out they have been projecting? Are they typically angered by that? Yeah, I mean, it, it's awareness. It's an awareness issue where you're trying to get them to see, are you really so hateful to that person or are you struggling with something inside of you? Sometimes huh. people can make that connection and then change it. Right. Well, what are some more reasons that people hate? I, I think one of the most common is betrayal. And mm -hmm. I think betrayal triggers hate a lot of times. You know, a lot of times when you're betrayed, you feel justified. Look at all the shows we have on revenge and taking revenge on people. We see this in movie plots all the time. It takes a lot of willpower, if you're not a Christian, not to move in that kind of hate and revenge. It's interesting you say that because there's a movie that I watched recently where you end up on the side of the bad guy. Okay. Because the bad guy is the one who's actually deserves to get revenge, if you will. Yeah. So halfway through the movie, you realize... Wait a minute, we're cheering for the antagonist here. This is this is so backward. 
Yeah, and then and then a lot of times what happens is people kind of identify with that. And, you know, even when you're a Christian, I think it takes a lot of the power of the Holy Spirit to resist those mm. revengeful sort of feelings when you've been betrayed. So with God in the in the equation here, it's you're able to overcome those feelings. Right. But they're there if you're not aware of them. And then I think sometimes hate is prompted by business and envy. You know, people get successful in a business and they want to that you see that somebody, maybe a friend of yours, has really taken off in his business. Sometimes there's mm-hmm. this hate that develops among people because they feel very competitive and they're just, they begin to be spiteful and bitter and hateful. I've noticed that hate seems to, uh, it's like a poison. Mm-hmm. It destroys people from the inside. And, and it does consume people. That's one of the reasons it's so damaging. All the emotion is on the hater side. So mm-hmm. it's that's a horrible state to live in if you think about it. It's stressful and really it has physical effects on a person when they're living in hate. They have stomach distress a lot of times, headaches, body aches and other issues and it just drains your energy and it robs you of any kind of opportunity to really live in a happy life. Well, Dr. Linda, before we go to the break, let's go back to something you mentioned in our first segment about the person who feels hate. You said they often think that they're being irrational. Say more about that. So when we look at the psychology of hate, we see that people who live with hate often see themselves as loving and kind. Hmm. So isn't that weird? (laughs) I mean, this is a little bit interesting to me. They separate their hate from other parts of their lives. And this is this is actually delusional when you think about it, because you're separating yourself into sort of two parts. So you can't be loving and kind and hold hate in your heart, but they do that. So people who do this often live like two different lives. And I've read some interesting books about some of the the killers, the shooters. And this is one of the characteristics that I've seen in a couple of those people. So they see themselves as victims and that they're being persecuted. And then those feelings just feed the hate that's inside of them. That's scary because uh, someone can act loving and kind. And then, as we've seen go to a movie theater and and, and shoot people. Yeah, exactly. And I believe this is part of the motivation of why people who hurt, hurt other people. Uh, They seem to have learned that hate somewhere, whether that's online or in a family system or from a disturbed friend, maybe a violent video game. Something has to begin to build hate as a way to deal with others or to deal with their their own lives. Mm, Well, it is complicated. And we'll talk more about what the Bible says about hate Uh, and solutions right after the break. Stay with us. Did you know you have a conflict style? Everybody does. Are you a conflict avoider? Maybe you don't avoid, but instead react intensely. Or perhaps you are a great negotiator. Dr. Linda Mento offers a free conflict quiz when you visit her website, www.drlindahelps.com. Click on the picture of her latest book, We Need to Talk. Then have a friend or your partner take the quiz, too, and see if you can navigate conflict successfully. To take the conflict-style quiz, click on the cover of Dr. Linda's latest book at drlindahelps.com. Are you a mom or a dad trying to do your best to raise a healthy weight child in an unhealthy eating culture? Do you often struggle with how to respond when your child asks if she is fat or if he needs to lose weight? Do you wonder, what is normal, and how do I best impact my child and his or her eating habits. Well, hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mental, and my book, Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World, teaches parents how to raise healthy kids in an overscheduled, fast food, video game world by making simple choices, easy changes, 
and instilling good habits that will improve everyone's life today and forever. Winner of the Mom's Choice Award, Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World, will give you this confidence, the confidence you need to take charge of your child's eating and raise a healthy weight child. Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World. Available on Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. And available online where books are sold. Hey, it's Dr. Linda Mental from the Dr. Linda Mental Radio Show, here on Saturday at 10.30 a.m. on Faith Radio. Join the conversation for our shows by commenting on questions and show topics posted on social media. Go to MyFaithRadio.com, click on My Show, and leave your comments in the comment box. Or click on one of the social media icons and leave your comments on Facebook or Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. We are so glad you're joining us today on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. You can always listen to this show or others that are archived at MyFaithRadio.com or go to Dr. Linda's website, DrLindaMental.com, and follow her on social media. We hope your weekend is going well and that you are learning more about an important problem in our world today, and the problem is people being in hate. Well, let's look at a few verses in the Bible about hate, and the Bible is certainly not silent about this topic. No, the Lord actually mentions hatred in the Sermon of the Mount, and he says, but I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. So the Lord commands that not only do we need to be reconciled to one another, but we also need to do it quickly. He also mentions that later on in Matthew 5. So there's really no room to harbor hate in our hearts. The Lord's desire is that we deal with our anger, which is often the breeding ground of hate, and that we reconcile our differences, our hurts, our upsets with each other. That's his desire for us, Chris, so we don't get to that state of being in hate. The act of murder itself is condemned in the Bible, but Hatred is a heart sin and talked about like murder. I know that is really hard to see when you're looking at this. It's kind of hard to swallow, but any hateful thought or act is an act of murder in God's eyes for Mm. which justice will be demanded. Possibly not in this life, but in in later life, isn't that? That's hard to think about, isn't it? When you're having hate. We're extremely guilty. And we need the cross more than more than we think yeah. we do. Yeah. yeah, we just cannot let hate develop in our hearts. And I think that's one of the things that we hope you get out of this. If you start to see somebody who's really beginning to develop that kind of hate, really talk to them because Scripture is very serious about this, and we all need to examine our hearts when it comes to hate. You know, it's not just the person out there that's shooting people. It could be me feeling that way about somebody for something somebody's done. And so the good news is that if it's learned, it can be unlearned, and we can be cleansed, and we can be forgiven. Seems like a good place to begin is to teach people to tolerate differences. We've had so much talk about this in our culture, yet it seems like it's worse now. I know. So to me, this is this is really because hate is not really just learning about differences and tolerating. It's really a heart problem. Wouldn't you agree? Mm, definitely. Yeah. Hate, it's an emotion. And it's it's also, though, a spiritual problem that blocks our love and blocks our compassion for other people. So we can try all kinds of remedies. But I really think if a person's heart doesn't change, then things are just not going to get better. 
um, maybe they'll get a little bit more restrained with education and learning how to be with people who are different. But I don't think in the long run that it's going to be a lot better. We've tried a lot of programs, don't you think, Chris? Mm, We've got right. all this stuff in the schools and constantly talking about tolerance. But if we don't change our hearts, I don't think much is going to change. You mentioned earlier in the program about how with some forms of hate, there's delusion involved. Mm -hmm. So how are people blinded by the hate that they feel? Feel. So we we did say that. We, we did say that sometimes people feel kind and loving, and then they sort of separate their other parts of their life. But from a spiritual point of view, we would say that a person like that is walking in darkness mm. if they believe you know, that they're in hate. So here's what God's Word says about this. He says, So heinous is the position of hate before God that a man who hates is said to be walking in darkness as opposed to the light. So it's right there in the Scripture. Right. Whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eye. So, you know, we're looking at a spiritual problem in our culture where people are being blinded by the hate that they feel. So we need to pray, really pray um, that the blinders begin to fall off and for people to be just taken over by the love of God, because that is going to be our only solution. Again, that transformed heart that only Christ can do in someone's life. Yet, my concern is that this is a solution that's rarely talked about in our culture mm. because it's a spiritual one. And our culture just doesn't like to talk about spiritual solutions in the public square. And there, there is no education program that can, can take care of this. No, there's not. Like you said, it's strictly a spiritual problem. Doesn't a spiritual solution involve forgiveness? It does. If, if someone wrongs you, treats you badly, rather than hate on the person, we're supposed to forgive and let go. And that takes that transformed heart so that we don't get stuck in the bitterness root um, that leads to hate often. So we're compelled by the love of God to have a very different reaction if we're a Christian. Jesus challenges us to love our enemies, to pray for those who despitefully use us, to bless those who curse us. Mm. These are not, again, natural reactions. They can only be done with the Holy Spirit working in us. And probably one of the worst situations is when a person continues to profess being a Christian but then remains hating his brother. I, I think that is one of the hypocrisies that people see, and the Scripture declares that that person's a liar. Mm, I mean, yeah. Scripture is very blatant <laughs> on these things, and God sees our hearts, so we, we've got to stop pretending uh, and really dealing with the, the condition of our heart. So if you have that kind of hate in your heart, and you um, are eaten up by cancer because of that, I mean, it's just a cancerous thing that's going on. This is a time to confess your sins, to forget, to ask for forgiveness, because true Christianity is going to bring about a compassion and a love for others. So while the Beatles sang, all we need is love, this is true, but we would argue that the type of love is, uh, is what we need, and that, of course, is, is the love of God. And there's an old song that speaks to that. Yes, there is. It's the love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. Mm. And so that's the love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure the saints and angels song. So it's the love of God. That's our solution today for being in hate. Well, Chris, that's all the time we have for today. Many thanks to our producer and social media director, Norm Mintel, our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes the show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're here, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Can we do it?
Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.